If you'd open your Bible to page 481, we're going to be there in a minute or two. I want to talk to you today about compromise. You know, that's one of the real issues of life, no matter, you know, what, what you're involved, this whole deal about compromise. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm just give and take compromise that's just necessary to live in harmony with one another. I, I call that healthy compromise. I mean, for example, countries, in order to live in harmony and coexist with one another, that there has to be some give and take. An example, of course, would be Russia and Ukraine. I mean, there is no compromise going on there. I don't know that, you know, that there's ever going to work out a plan where they, you know, if this happens, then one gives up this and one gives up that. But in the meantime, that's kind of a struggle. But not only in countries like families, there just, there has to be some give and take or, or families don't live uh, in harmony. They, they live in conflict, uh, like in marriage. There, there just has to be some give and take. Not one partner is just not always going to get, you know, what they want, how they want, when they want. That's just not how it works. And we have to teach our children when they're growing up. You know, like the smallest of children, uh, they, they come into this world uh, with an Adamic nature, and uh, as we all do, and, you know, you can watch them and just, I see them sometime at church over in the place cave, be a little child and the little child will have a toy and another little child maybe want to get the toy and they'll almost break out into a fight about this little toy. They, they, they have to learn to share and, and compromise, that kind of thing. And friends, friends, you know, if you have a friend and there's never any give and take, that friendship just never will grow to be uh, what it could be. Now, all of that is healthy compromise. Now, what I'm talking about today is, a, is an unhealthy compromise. I'm talking about compromising with, with wrong. Compromising with wrong. And that is never a good situation, and it never good, works out well at all. Now, in Psalm 1, the very first Psalm, it's a, very, it's a very brief psalm. It only has six verses. Uh, it's not only brief, it's very simple. I mean, you know, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to read Psalm 1. And if you look at it just for a moment or two and think about it, what it does, it contrasts two different ways to live life. Verses 1 through 3 tell about the person that is trying to live their life the godly way. And then verses 4, 5, and 6 they talk about the person that has said, no, I'm going to compromise and I'm, I'm not going to live my life that way. I'm going to live my life a different way. And, and of course, the outcome is very, very different. Now, if I were given a little outline of Psalm number one, like if I were going to preach a sermon on Psalm number one, and I wanted to have a very simple outline, I'd just simply say that in verses one, two, and three, verse one, what you read about you read about a promise of happiness. That's what verse one's all about. Verse two tells you how to experience that happiness. And then verse three tells you the results of living or at least making your goal to live a godly way. So with that little outline, let's just look in verse number one, Psalm one, verse one. You probably already know it so well, you could almost quote it. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat 
of the scornful. Now, that word blessed, you know, different translations, they translate that word a different way. It's, it's kind of really not a, an everyday word for us, but it, it comes from a Hebrew word, and the literal meaning of that word is that it, it literally means happiness many times over. It's more than just kind of being a little happy. It means here's a picture of a person. If they live this way, they're going to have happiness many times over. And then if you look at it, it says, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's the idea there. He doesn't imitate the way the ungodly person lives their life. You know how, how an ungodly person lives his or her life it's very, very different than how the Christian, how the believer would live their life. But it's saying the person that's going to have happiness many times over, they're going to live their life not in any way trying to pattern their life or imitate their life after the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners. The whole idea is one of, of, of permanently settling in or having a permanent residence. In other words, the godly person it's not that they're going to be perfect, but they're going to sin. We all sin. But the fact of the matter is that's not the pattern of their life. They don't live that way. They'll mess up here, mess up there, but that, that, that's not going to be the permanent residence in the way they live their life. Now, in verse 2, it tells us how to experience this happiness many times over. It says, this person, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. You know, that little word, that little word delight is a very interesting word. It, it, it's talking about, they, they don't look at the word of God as an interruption in life or an inconvenience or a burden. I fear many times we encourage people to read their Bible and we should and they should. But the important thing about reading the Bible is, is our attitude about what we're doing, not just doing it so we kind of committed we would do it, but we're, we really look forward to reading the Word of God and seeing what God's Word has for us that very day. So this person, here, here's a way to experience this happiness many times. Over, you, you delight in the law of the Lord, and you meditate on His Word day and night. You know that word meditate. The idea of meditation is like a, a cow chewing its cud. They just kind of chew over it and chew over it. In, in my morning Bible reading this morning, one of my Bible readings was in Psalm number 40. And it has some great verses in Psalm 40. But one of the verses just jumped off the page at me. It says, I take joy in doing your will, my God. That's what the psalmist said. And I read that verse today and I thought, you know, I'm going to be doing a lot of things today. I hope in the will of the Lord, trying to serve the Lord. But I, I want to do it with, you know, with joy, not out of duty or obligation. And, 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 and sometimes we even lose our joy doing, doing the right stuff. And so that verse is kind of a verse that, I will, that I'll meditate about today as I, as I go through my day. I want to encourage you, as you read the Bible, you may... In one of your Bible readings one day, you, you, a verse just seems to kind of speak to you in a special way. The blessing of that verse is to chew on it as the day goes on. Think about it as the day goes on. And um, 
and ask God to help you uh, do what that you've read. You know, in the 1611 King James Version of the Bible, it, it talks about believers as being, it's the only translation I know that uses this word, a peculiar people. Now, the word peculiar to us means strange or odd. So, so if you took that, the, the 1611 King James said, well, you know, if I'm going to be a believer, I need to be odd. I need to be strange. Well, the newer translations, uh, they, 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 they take that word that's translated peculiar and they translate it as God's own special people. Here, here's the point. The fact is believers should be odd compared to what we see going on today. Can I have an amen to that? We, we should be a little strong. That, that's not who we are. That is not who we are. And, um, you know, I, I just encourage you to make that one of your goals that as you live your life, other people uh, can see that you really do delight in the word of the Lord. It's not a burden. It's not an interruption, not something you have to do. It's just part of your daily life that is a blessing to your daily life. And then the results of living a godly life. And you look at that in verse number three. It's very interesting. He shall be like a tree. In other words, when a person is living a godly life, they're going to be tree-like. You say, well, what do you mean tree-like? Well, look, planted by the rivers of water, that, that planted, rooted, um, you know, trees have roots in the ground. And we need to have roots in the ground built on the Word of God. And of course, when you have storms come, some trees, even though they may be large trees, if they don't have deep roots, we see it on TV all the time, they'll just blow over on people's vehicles, they'll blow over on the house. You think, my, a big old tree like that, you'd think it had these monstrous roots. Well, some big trees do have deep roots, but some big trees do not. Well, as believers, we need to be tree-like and we need to be rooted in the Word of God that we've read, that we've delighted in, that we've meditated over. And then when, when the storms come, <laughs> it's not like they don't uh, have an impact on us, but they don't blow us away. We, we're, we're, we're rooted. And not only that, here's the result. That brings forth fruit in its season. In other words, we're fruitful. Uh, a, a person that is seeking to live a godly life, there will be fruit in their life in your life, in my life. And it says, whose leaf will also not wither. Um, you know, like sometimes you'll see grass, especially not, if, if it doesn't get water in, a, in a, this heat, it begins to start drying and declining. And, 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 and next thing you know, it's turning brown. And well, the same kind of thing can happen to the, to the believer's life. But if yet we are living like we should live, here, here's going to be the results. We, we're, we're going to be unwithered. And whatever we do shall prosper. And to me, that is a very, very encouraging thing. If you look in your, turning your Bible to page 683, I, uh, Jeremiah in chapter 17 kind of illustrates the idea of the results of, try, of trying to live a godly life. That's our desire. 
It's not that we're going to live a perfect life, but our goal, our heart, is to live a godly life. And Jeremiah, in chapter 17, if you're you're on page 683, if you look in verse 7, it says, blessed. Now, here's that that deal again. Uh, uh, It's a beautiful idea. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. And he will not fear when heat comes, and its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will he cease from yielding fruit. Well, that's a beautiful word picture of, of a person that has tried to say, I want to be a Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 person and live that kind of life. And, and I thank the Lord for that in a very special way. Uh, you, you know, as you, as you think about that, there's an old saying, and I, I'm not sure who first coined it, but it's, it's a beautiful saying. It says, the roots grow deep when the winds blow strong. And I, I, I have that written in the front or somewhere in many of my Bibles, so I won't forget it. It's a great, the roots grow deep when the winds blow strong. And that's so very true. Uh, we just cannot be well rooted without some rough winds going over in our life. You know, uh, Saturday, we we have we have a f- family that we've known well from 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 the '60s. I I used to be her pastor uh, in the late '60s when she was just a little baby. And then maybe for a couple more years, but somehow through all these years, she and her parents have remained friends, even though we've been separated all these years by miles. But be that as it may, um, she was going to uh, start chemotherapy yesterday. And uh, so Dottie had been talking to her and trying to, uh, you know, kind of encourage her. So yesterday, I, no, Friday, I'm, or I, I called her and, uh, and said to her, I said, look, Dottie and I, you know, Dottie's kept me up to date on what you're going through. And, and uh, I said, I want you to know that uh, we're going to be praying for you. In fact, we've been praying for you. And uh, I said, now you're going to learn a lot, but I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you two things you're about to learn. Now, this is a little girl I've known all of her life. And now she's, of course, uh, has her own children. I said, number one, because what's happening, she has a strong wind blowing. I said, you're going to learn in the days ahead more about God than you've ever known. I said, now just trust me, that will be true. And the things you're going to learn about God are going to be very encouraging. They're going to be good things for you. And I said, now the second thing you're going to learn, you're going to learn more about yourself than you've ever known all your life. And I said, now let me say this, that will be a humbling experience because you're going to learn things about yourself. You know, isn't that true? When we go through whatever it may be in life, whatever wind may come along. And life has its winds. It really does. A lot of things happen out there. And you've experienced that. We all have. But as you journey through that, if you are a Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 person, or at least that's what you're trying to be. You're trying to live your life uh, in a godly way. And you, you, the Word of God is a real thing to you. And you 
it's not that you understand every verse, but you're not trying to understand it. You're just trying to see what God's word has to say to you. And as you journey through the day, you meditate on some things, some of these Bible promises that, that we memorize. And I encourage you, memorize Bible promises. They will help you. You have them stored up when you don't need them. When you do need them, they're there. Uh, uh, you know, I, and, and I'm encouraging our members this summer. We're learning um, 12 Bible promises, one a week. And, uh, uh, you know, I say we are. I don't know how many are, but uh, I, some will. And uh, you say, well, doesn't that discourage you that everybody won't? One, <laughs> well, no, I, I, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I, I, my job is just to encourage people to do the right thing. And those that you know, feel like that's what they should do, they'll be blessed by it, and maybe others will be blessed in some other way. But, but the bottom line is this, it's so very true that, that there is no, there's no shortcut to spiritual growth. There's not. It, it's like physical growth. It, it, physical growth happens daily depending on the food and the surroundings. That's how people physically grow. I mean, you know, a one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, whatever it is, we, we continue to grow physically. Then when you get a certain age, I've learned this, then you begin to decline. Have you noticed that? Yeah. My granddaughter today, she, Charlie Joe sent me a text this morning, and it was a strange text. Uh, well, it was actually an exciting text. She, she had heard my sermon two Sundays ago about my own personal daily Bible reading. And she wrote me and said, you know, that sermon you preached, um, I, I've, I've been doing that since that Sunday. And she was telling me what a, how, how much that had blessed her. And I thought, well, now, isn't that, maybe nobody else listened, but my granddaughter listened. And she was telling me the results of that. And I thought, well, this is a humbling thing. And, and then I got a text this morning from her um, they're in, they're in Colorado, so she texts me this morning, and it was a, it was a typical text from, from a child her age. She said, I love you more than you love me. And I read that text, and I text her back, and I said, no, that, that's not right at all. I said, I love you more than you love me, and here's the reason why. I said, there's more of me than there is of you. And so if I've got more of me than you've got of you, there's more of me to love you than you love me. And she takes me back and she said, well, how much of you is there? What do you weigh? <laughs> and I text her back. I said, well, that's an interesting question. I said, uh, um, you know, I said, uh, I, I was at the doctor last week and they weighed, and I, I had been there the week before, and I'd, I'd, I'd lost four pounds in a week. I thought, what in the world's going on here? And uh, I, get, I told her what my weight, I said, my weight's a little bit lower than normal, but I said, now what about, she texts me back her weight, and she said, but if I keep on eating, I'm going to be as big as you are. I said, well, that, that might be the situation, but you know, I think about her physically, and have, it's been a joy to watch her grow physically, but it's a joy to watch her grow spiritually. By the way, while I'm talking about her, my grandson, now here he, he marches to a different drummer. He heard that same sermon and going home from church that Sunday, he told his mother, I want you to stop at this store. 
and we're going to go in and buy four notebooks and do what Pop preached. I thought, well, I've got two listeners. Uh, uh, now, Dottie has never commented on a sermon, so I guess maybe I need to be careful. But here's the point. Spiritual growth is exactly like physical growth. It happens daily. It's just you just plug away daily, and you just keep at it, and then it depends on your surroundings. You know, what we're around and who we're around has a lot to do with our spiritual growth. So I want to encourage you, you know, every day do the things that you know are the right things to do concerning the Word of God. And, and guard your surroundings. That doesn't mean that we're always going to be in perfect surroundings, but don't let that be the way you live your whole life. And what will happen, you will wind up having happiness many times over. That is God's plan. And you'll be fruitful and productive, just like the psalmist says in these three verses. And God, I thank you for that. I, I was just thinking this morning about many of our people, some of which used to always be at Tuesday Bible launch, and now, Lord, they're with you. They, they've, kind of, they've kind of retired and moved on to the better life. And uh, that, that's a... That, that's a beautiful thing, a beautiful kind of way to think about it. And, and yet, God, as I'll reflect on their life, I just saw in their life a real desire to, to live in a godly way, to be a people that you knew were the people of God, his special people. And in some ways, God, the world would look at that and say, that person's kind of odd. That person's kind of strange. They don't they don't tell some of the things I hear others telling and do some of the things others do. God, help us to enjoy every moment of life, but God, help us every day to, to take care of our spiritual growth as we do our physical growth by the food spiritually that we put in and the surroundings that we're about. Now, bless us the rest of this day and uh, help us, God, maybe even today that we'll have an opportunity to encourage someone and, 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 and to be a blessing to someone as we journey through this day. In Jesus' name, amen.